We're talking now with Extension Livestock Market Economist, Dr. Daryl Peel. Daryl, let, let's talk about uh, these latest cattle on feed numbers out from U.S. Department of Agriculture. Maybe first of all, go ahead and run us down uh, the, the numbers that have been released by Uncle Sam this afternoon. Yeah, you bet. This August uh, cattle on feed report uh, showed that placements in the month of July were 101.8%, rounded to 102% uh, of last year's level. Marketings were 96% of last year's levels. And that gives us an August 1 uh, cattle on feed inventory that's up, uh, it's 101.4%, so up 1.4% year over year. The uh, placement numbers, uh, a little higher than a year ago. That, that a little surprising, you think? Well, I think it is in one sense. I mean, obviously, the expectations generally were for about 3% less than that, something like that. Um, you know, on the other hand, I think if you quiz people, you know, the fact that we've got such drought conditions, it, and this is really drought-driven, I think, because, uh, uh, you know, the drought is forcing us to do things we don't necessarily want to do. And uh, and so I think that's, uh, you know, that's what we're seeing here is, is really the drought, uh, again, forcing cattle to move into the market uh, sooner than we planned. I guess what, uh, because of that, maybe the uh, the uh, numbers uh, when you start doing weight breakdowns, uh, they they kind of tell us uh, a little bit of what uh, was going on in the minds of some of these folks that moved cattle to town. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you look at the weight breakdowns, um, this is the exact same pattern we've had for the last two months. The placements of cattle under 700 pounds were up 9.5%. Uh, placements of cattle over 700 pounds were down 2.5%. So the net effect was that 2% uh, increase in placements. Um, but again, it's the, it's the exact same pattern we've been seeing with these lightweight cattle coming in. I think they just don't have an option but to go ahead and, and market these cattle. And there's really very, you know, there's fewer of these heavier cattle because, again, we've had to move them out of the country. Um, and so, uh, you know, we continue this, this process of kind of pulling cattle ahead um, um, borrowing against the future, if you will, by placing them sooner rather than later, uh, implying that at some point in time, um, even though it's it's taken longer to get here than I expected, but sooner or later we're going to find ourselves with a significant hole of cattle on the back end of this thing. I guess what uh, we, we've heard from some of our uh, uh, auction market folks and others that uh, those uh, those supplies, the numbers of those uh, really the, some of the better quality uh, yearling cattle, especially are really, uh, really very, very tight right now. I guess this this report reflects that. It does. And, and we are seeing that, you know, we've seen the very strong prices for the heavier weight feeder cattle. They normally go up through the summer, but they've gone up even more than that. I think that is a reflection of the, of the general tightness uh, of cattle supplies in general, but specifically that weight group. Even the calves have gotten a little stronger kind of counter seasonally uh, here in the, in the last uh, couple, three weeks. And, um, and, and, and of course, you know, we're also seeing on the other end of things, uh, uh, large numbers of uh, cull cows still come into town, cow slaughters running big, and those prices have, have stayed uh, quite strong uh, through all of this. Yeah, I know on on the cull cows, uh, it seems like that we got uh, what a week or two where we got a pretty good significant uh, uh, push down on prices, but it's, it, they really have bounced back uh, almost at uh, you know took out most of those losses uh, by by this point. 
It, it really did. You know, what we saw in mid-July for about, as you said, about two weeks, uh, looked like we were really going to overwhelm the markets, and that's what we did on a short-term basis. We overwhelmed the markets, but they did bounce back. I, there's been some new buyers in the market um, uh, snapping up these supplies, and so even though the volumes continue fairly strong, uh, the prices bounced right back um, to really, you know, prior levels, and uh, and they've been remarkably strong for most of the year, except for some of this volatility short-term. Yes, uh, you know, we, we don't get specifics as far as a breakdown on, on I know, heifers and steers on, on this particular report, but uh, uh, we're, we're still getting at least anecdotal def- evidence that we're really uh, continuing to uh, take a lot of females to town with the call cows or the, uh, or the replacement heifers. Yeah, that's right. You know, in terms of what's in the feedlots right now, we don't get that data except quarterly. Um, so it'll it'll be October one before we get that. But you know, we do get weekly slaughter data, um, and so when you update that uh, for the most recent data, heifer slaughter so far this year is up four point two percent, while steer slaughter is down to. 2.2%. Uh, so total yearling slaughter is just about unchanged from a year ago, but the increase is, is all in the heifer side. And, and I, uh, you know, if you look at heifer slaughter plus cow slaughter this year, uh, so far this year, 51% of total cattle slaughter is due to female slaughter. Um, we have not done, we have not had female slaughter represent more than 50% of, uh, of cattle slaughter since about 1986. So it's it's just one more way to see that we really are cutting into our our factory, if you will, in terms of the, uh, the you know the herd of, of breeding animals and potential breeding animal, animals that we're going to have to work with in the coming months. I guess what uh, a, lot, a lot of folks are kind of speculating, uh, and of course it's a little early maybe to do that, but uh, those uh, January one um, beef cow numbers and replacement female numbers and whatnot, uh, they, they could be uh, eye popping, I, I would think, to, to in, in not not particularly a good way. Um, I think so. I mean, you know, I, I obviously crunch the numbers um, as we get more and more information through the year, trying to anticipate where we're going to end up. It looks to me like we're looking at a significant, uh, you know, decline in the beef cow herd. I think the replacement heifer number will be uh, significantly decreased. I think the net culling that we calculate, so when we take that beef cow slaughter divided by the herd size, I think we're going to set a new record on that. It's almost inevitably at this point going to be uh, over 13%, where it typically averages, uh, you know, 9.6 or 7% on a long-term basis. So we're going to be well above that in terms of the net culling that we've done to the herd this year. And so uh, what, a two, two or three percent reduction in the total beef cow number, not, not out of uh, the realm of possibility, I would think. At this point, I would think a 3% decline is almost the minimum. I could make work with the numbers at all. I, you know, it has the potential to approach, uh, you know, three and a half to even 4% um, on the upper end, or at least three and three quarters um, is, is very, uh, very much in the cards at this point. When you swing back around to these on-feed numbers, Daryl, uh, obviously you've got uh, a lot of younger, younger animals that have gone in. So again, that will spread out uh, these, uh, these slaughter, uh, uh, the actual uh, numbers that will go to processing plants down the road. Uh, your colleague up in Kansas, uh, Dr. Tonger, says that uh, uh, he sees profitability by, you know, uh, maybe October and on into the fall and early part of 2023 on these feedlots. Is, is that uh, is that kind of what you're also seeing as far as that uh, these these numbers finally getting tight to where we're starting to uh, get more leverage back in the feedlot uh, side of things? 
Well, I think in terms of the overall fed cattle market, yeah, they're clearly going to be, uh, you know, some limitations on, on cattle coming out of feedlots. That's going to help lever that market up. Uh, so it, definitely that. Now, at the same time, what we've got going on on the other end, of course, is that these feeder prices, as we already said, are, uh, are, are, are moving up. They're very strong. And we continue to see, of course, very high cost of gain. So, um, so there, there's issues on both sides. I do think over time it probably bodes, you know, a little bit better for the feedlots. Uh, but they're going to be in a little bit of a squeeze here because of the, the other thing they have to do is try to maintain numbers in the feedlot. In the short run, placing these lightweight cattle helps them do that because they're going to stay on feed a long time, even though the turnover rate is going down. Um, but eventually, again, it will catch up with them at some point, and they just won't have as many animals to feed, and that's going to add an additional pressure. That probably doesn't hit now until uh, you know maybe into early uh, 2023. Kind of like a horse race, it sounds like, as far as we got two or three things that we, you know, are, are trying to, you're trying to outrace uh, some of these uh, input costs and uh, the, the feed costs and all these kind of things as well. That's exactly right, and and that's the nature of this industry because it is so complex over time and with the multiple levels. Um, you know, the the dynamics are all there. They will all eventually kind of come out in the same place, but in the meantime, the pace at which all of these adjustments take place uh, can can be quite a bit different. And so, um, so there's yeah, there's going to be plenty of challenges and lots of dynamics in these markets in the coming months. One last question as far as these numbers are concerned. Again, uh, the numbers of, of cattle under 700 pounds, as you mentioned, uh, up quite a bit as far as placements go. One more testament to uh, where we are on uh, forage availability for a lot of these guys out, uh, out in the country. I think that's right. I mean, I think these numbers we've had here really for the last couple months uh, indicate increasingly that we've had to, uh, you know, early wean these calves and uh, go ahead and move them into the market. We just don't have the, uh, you know, the resources to, to hang on to them uh, in terms of the calves. And then, of course, what we're doing, as we said, with uh, with the cull cows, same same issue. And at this point in time, you know, we got some estimates from USDA recently on hay production down as expected for the most part. And, and really, when you look at uh, the fact that May 1 hay stocks were down, production is down. When you add the two together, the total supply of hay uh, looks to be, uh, you know, down uh, down some year over year, about 3.4%. But, but last year was down because we are already in drought. So we're down about 11% on a 10-year average. So, uh, you know, and at this point in the summer, um, we're not, you know, we're probably not going to make a lot more hay no matter what happens, even if it starts raining significantly. Uh, we're not going to make a lot of hay. So these guys are, are figuring out how they're going to get not just through the rest of the summer but really all the way to next april or may thank you daryl dr daryl peel extension livestock market economist out of oklahoma state university at his office in stillwater on the oklahoma farm report i'm ron hayes